You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. We are here with our rock star and special co-host, DC Lucchese, and we are here with a friend of ours. Uh, her name is Sarah Ross with Mallory Paint. Uh, which is an amazing, uh, you know, paint store, but also an amazing member of All Pro. Sarah is about to uh, celebrate ten years with the organization, and we've had the pleasure of the last couple of years of getting to know not only Sarah but Jim and and a lot of people in that organization through our our uh, our partnership with All Pro. And it's an it's an amazing business, and it's one that started out small, and now they've grown to over twenty two stores uh, and some incredible growth. But there's more than just selling paint to get to that point. So let's talk a little bit about that. Now, every business, every business owner, founder, member of the organization, you have an origin story, right? Some are pretty straightforward. Some, you know, maybe a little bit more roundabout. Uh, Jim Mallory was actually the owner, is the owner, and uh, really found success as an entrepreneur and a business owner. Uh, he is the epitome of what you would say is a, a self-made man, as we would we would say. But Jim is somebody that did travel the world in the Navy, started his own business, learned the ropes, uh, really in the paint trade and then went along. And now, you know, he's hired and, and really grown a, a culture and a family through people like Sarah, who have now, you know, been with the organization for over 10 years. Um, Mallory Paint, there's 22 stores, right? And this is in the state of uh, of Washington. So this is far away. This from, is a dynasty. This, this, is a, this should not be called Mallory Paint Store. It should be called Mallory, Mallory Paint, Paint Dynasty. Dynasty. That's what we're, we're going to really. rebrand. Um, so <laughs> starts right here. Yeah. So when when we say Washington in the state of North Carolina, everybody no, thinks DC, right? It ain't DC. It's the actual state, and it's a beautiful place. But um, you guys are up bright and early with us this morning. So Sarah, so excited to learn more about not only you and your journey, how you got to Mallory Paint, uh, but about Jim and the store and the culture and what you guys do different that really separates. Um, your you know business from really what that competition is. Do they want to go to some big box? Um, to get whatever, or do they want to have like a special relationship and somebody that can really support them? And that's what I think Mallory Payne is all about. So thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So let's jump in here. Tell us a little bit about your background, kind of where you came from. Um, and really before you got into Mallory Paint, tell us kind of how that journey started. How did you get there? Uh, and, and just tell us a little bit about kind of your background. Absolutely. Well, my story is, uh, it, I think like a lot of people in the paint industry, you didn't wind up here on purpose. I landed here completely accidentally. Um, I was an assistant manager at a deli in Seattle, and I was thinking about moving along, threw out a bunch of Craigslist resumes, and got a callback from a paint store. It was the interview I didn't want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's another story. I cannot wait to hear that one. <laughs> We're getting back well, to that right now. Here. When you're young and in your early 20s, should you rather sleep or should you rather wake up and go and, you know, interview for a job that you know you're really just practicing an interview for? It wasn't the end goal job. Gotcha. And in my early 20s, I wasn't great at saying no. So I went and I interviewed with the store manager, Andre, in Tacoma. And that's, in case you didn't know, Tacoma is Seattle's little sister. And when I say little sister, I mean, she's, you know, probably about an hour away and not quite as sparkly. So transitioning from one city to the other was already a mental leap. When Andre interviewed me, uh, it told me he didn't like to interview. And so I said, well, shouldn't she ask me a hard question about some difficulties I overcame? He goes, I hate interviewing. 
<laughs> this is not the practice interview I had envisioned. I later learned I was supposed to interview. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so a few days later, he called me, and he says, you got the job, you start Monday. That was it. That was old voicemail. And I was like, oh, no. I have to call this guy and tell him I'm not taking the job. And so I waited a day because I was not comfortable making that phone call. I waited another day and I waited another day. And eventually I showed up Monday and took the job. (laughs) (laughs) That was about 10 years ago. I went from being a part-time employee in a tiny little paint store where I learned to love the culture uh, to opening a store and managing it myself uh, about four years later. And then six months after that, I was given the opportunity to run one of our most difficult, largest stores at the heart of Seattle. Um, it it was a springboard opportunity for me to come into this role that uh, was developed for me, um, where I get to be the brand manager now. I, I manage the marketing for a company, and I purchase for all of our stores uh, from AllPro, uh, because AllPro offers us great purchasing opportunities. And so we really get to maximize our people and our talents and my role is one of the ways that we get to do that so it's a very special thing to me so tell us a little bit that that's an incredible story it's funny my first interview out of college was the same exact thing i was like i'm not taking this job i'm not gonna sell i was selling cleaning chemicals janitorial products i was a sports management major i just got done playing college soccer i'm like i'm gonna be in sports it's the only thing i know and a recruiter is like just go to the interview man so i went to the interview like completely the same way and did the interview and then I got offered the job and they wanted me to move to Spartanburg, South Carolina. And I'm like, I am not doing that. But they got me because they said six months, you'll learn the whole business and then your territory is going to be Charleston, South Carolina. And I was like, I'm ready to sell toilet paper. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> so, That's not a crappy yeah, job. No, yeah. Hey, talk about recession proof. You got it. Um, so that's funny because then that really springboarded my career and I was with them for six years and that's really what brought me to the Charlotte area. I no longer obviously work for them, but that's so funny how that happens to, to both of us. You go in, you're like, oh, it's just going to be a practice. And then two weeks later, you're like, what happened? Like, how am I even here? <laughs> um, what? I don't even know about pain. I don't know about toilet paper. What are we talking about? So that's really cool. But let's yeah. let's kind of back up into, into Mallory Paint. I want to hear kind of the story of how Jim started it. Um, really the, the history around it. And now you guys have 22 stores, which is incredible. Um, and I feel like that's going to continue to grow in the future. But give us a little history of of, uh, of not only Jim, but but Mallory Payne as a whole. Well, Jim Mallory is one of my favorite people. I hope this isn't being recorded because you can't let him hear that. And at that part out. <laughs> he is uh, a very smart and driven person really motivated. And when Jim was younger, he joined the Navy. And uh, after his Navy career, he worked for a, um, a package mailing kind of store for a while as their primary employee. And uh, I think he was probably in his early 20s at that time. And Jim had a customer at this package store who was in the paint industry who managed to reach him on as an outside sales rep into the industry. Um, and so I believe he repped a different brand than what we're currently selling uh, in the stain category. And uh, he started to develop a name for himself as a sales rep, and he was working in the Seattle market. So at that time, Benjamin Moore owned their own piece stores, and that was Seattle Peaks, but in the Seattle market. 
and Jim would work in these stores, familiarize with the customers and uh, work with the people there. And in 2006, Jim purchased his first paint store. He bought the Woodenville location off of Seattle Paint Supply. And uh, it was really cool because Jim did whatever it took to serve his customer base, which was largely in Seattle. And so that meant doing a lot of deliveries outside of the Woodenville region. And since you're not from Washington State, let me just tell you, that's a pretty long drive. Um, <laughs> so even from the beginning, it was all about relationships. And that is the foundation that is Mallory Paint Store. And it's the foundation that we have this company standing on to this day. It's what makes us truly successful. Uh, um, it's really cool because you get to see that grow as you know, as we open more stores um, and the customers are excited and the relationships get stronger and stronger. So after 2006, uh, in 2009, he opened his second store, Linwood, uh, which is kind of like across the city. And then in 2010, he ended up purchasing the whole group of Seattle paint supply stores, uh, which was an incredible opportunity and he took the leap. And that really was his strong route for having the Seattle market. So though, when I started about 10 years ago, we had seven stores. Oh my gosh. Well, that's some rapid growth. It is very rapid. Immediately after, like right around the time that I got my first store in 2013 mm -hmm. um, or 2015, I'm sorry. It it just took off. Jim acquired Bellevue Paint Supply and um, I'm sorry, Bellevue Paint Store. And uh, that was about a three or four store purchase. And then every other store he's opened from the ground up. And when Jim opens the store, it's Jim in there doing the floors with his regional managers. It's Jim painting the ceiling, Jim doing the walls. And uh, the people that work with him, the store managers, are all promoted from within. And that's another key to our success is that yeah. um, those of us who have been with him get to grow up into these roles work alongside him. And it really develops a strong company culture. It's really interesting to see the owner of the company straight the floor. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's the, that's the ultimate compliment to everyone that's in that store, right? Um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work with Scott Dunstan, who does the same thing. I mean, he was in here yesterday morning vacuuming, and I'm like, what are you doing? We have cleaners. And he's like, I noticed some stuff that was some dirt. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, what are you doing? But that's how he, that's what, that's how he rolls, right? Like, he's the one that's willing to pick up the shovel first before asking anybody else to do it. And I feel like that's something that, that a leader needs to do. And, and when you're an employee... And you see a leader doing something like that, it just it just means like, man, this this person's all in. Like this is incredible. Um, I want to ask you, and this is going to be a question that I think a lot of people might not realize. You know, we we are a local small business. Uh, we feel you know through COVID, it was very difficult for us. Um, but we really got the support from our community, specifically once businesses started to come back, once events started to happen, where they were even more committed than ever to work with a local company, right? To support a local restaurant, to maybe go out of their way and spend a little bit more because they knew they were directly impacting a family in that community. And that meant more to them than saving money and buying it cheap off Amazon or anything else. And so it's really been neat for our business to not only utilize the relationships we have, but how that community supported us, you know, when things went back. Um, I don't know if a lot of people understand what a independent paint store is and really what differentiates you from going to a big box store and just buying paint there or going to another organization Explain to, to people that might be, uh, you know, not educated so much on what an independent store 
um, or independent paint store really means to uh, to you and, and how that's important to not only your goals and your missions, but why that needs to be important to the community as well. Okay. Well, uh, Mallory Paint Store, obviously, we're, we call ourselves Benjamin Moore Mallory Paint Store because Benjamin Moore is the primary product that we sell. Uh, we are sole Benjamin Moore retailer, uh, but we privately own Benjamin Mallory. So when you see the name Mallory Paint Store, you know what you're walking to. And a lot of people don't realize that Benjamin Moore Paint is only sold at locally owned retailers. So when people come to our store, they get this, well, this is my favorite ever compliment about how our stores feel. Has the vibe of small town tavern. <laughs> nice. Wait a minute, you got to sell beer there? No. Oh, no, okay. Hold no, on. An independent paint store taking on a whole new meeting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when your customers coming in and the employees know them by name, when your contractors come and tell you about their kids, we get to watch them grow up behind the counter. Um, it's that long-term relationship, and we really do have the vibe of a, a neighborhood paint store. We're not corporate owned. We are really local in every aspect, and we tailor our stores to the local area that it's in. So now with 22 stores, we're in Washington and we're in Idaho. And there's kind of like three distinct, actually there's four distinct regions across that area, and they all have a different culture. And within those cultures, the customers have different needs. And so to have the stores tailoring themselves to their communities and supporting those communities and building those relationships, um, it's really meaningful. One of my favorite stories is uh, when I was working in our Tacoma store, our technically very niche paint industry, I had a lady come in who needed uh, her dining room color custom matched. And she wasn't the most friendly person in the world, but I was happy to do the match because I love doing anything blue. It's a nice blue color. She left and I thought she didn't look overly enthusiastic. I probably won't be seeing her again. And uh, a couple months later, she came back and she says, I need your help picking colors for my home office. And I'm like, she remembered my name. Okay. And I remembered her name too. So we worked together and we did the home office. And nine months later, she came back and she says, we're converting my home office to a nursery. I need to Oh, it's cute. And this is a big thing about the independent channel is that Every time this person had a life change, they came to us to help pick those colors because we were defining the environment for their life. A lot of people don't realize how much paint color matters, how much it impacts people emotionally. You know, you, you stand there and you watch people crying over which white literally tears at the color wall, which white do they want for their kitchen? And it's, it's emotionally impacting because it means something to them. And so when you have a consistent staff who knows your customers by name and can help guide them down this journey, it is meaningful. And that builds the relationship and that brings the customers back. That's so during COVID. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really special. And when our employees realize that they stick. I mean, like you said, you're so, making, you're making an impact and the relationship piece is huge. And you mentioned something about relationships as we were just getting started about your relationship with all pro and how important that is for a even though we we joke about you guys being a dynasty at the end of the day it's still the individual store that somebody is working with and talk to us about that relationship that the uh mallory paint stores have with all pro and how that has helped you guys become it's, a thing it's fantastic 
Allpro empowers small paint companies to make purchases as if they were larger paint companies, which benefits our contractors and allows us to be competitive uh, on things that our contractors really care about. And Allpro cultivates relationships between manufacturers and vendors and the, the, the members, the paint stores. So once again, you're building long-term relationships that are meaningful, that are often you know mutually beneficial, but in the end, all to serve that end user. It's funny because this lady with her, you know, little dining room and her office, she doesn't understand that all pro, you know, supports the independent channel and the independent channel supports the contractors. He supports the end user and the way that this, it's like an interlocking chain of support and it, it, it strengthens this channel so significantly. Um, because we have so many stores, we have a pretty decent buying power, but for people that don't have as many stores, Alper supports them as well. That way they can go in and they can be connected to a network of strength. So being an Alper member is something that makes you stronger. It's wonderful. Tell us a little bit about, so we um, are blessed to be, you know, a supplier with Alpro and, and have been a supplier for about two years and have gotten the opportunity to go to some fantastic events. One of the Bahamas, which was incredible. Um, <laughs> we just got back from Arizona a couple of months ago, which was also incredible. And the one in Arizona was the best one for us because I feel like we kind of got through the trial error of like, who are these people? Who are the new people? Are they going to support us? Are they kind of in the family? And it was kind of that moment where we finally felt like we were part of the family, right? Because when you go to these events, you see paint owners from all over the country, in Canada, all the way out in Hawaii, Alaska, literally everywhere. But it's like a family reunion. There's all these owners that come together to not only connect and grow and learn, but challenge each other. And it's such a cool dynamic that I was talking to Scott. I'm like, I wonder like if we go to this in Arizona, is it going to be like the moment where people are like, all right, they're in, right? They've been here long enough. And it did, it clicked. And we, and we just have friends now in that group, right? Like I can't wait for the next event because now we've been able to work with so many companies, but I now consider a lot of them friends. And it's like, oh man, when's the next one? I can't wait. So tell us about those events that All Pro does, what that means to you, to Jim, to the team, because it's just a, such a unique environment. And I've never really seen a group of that many people together. And you're like, wow, this is like a family of 2000 people and they all know each other and they all care about each other. And it's just a beautiful thing. It is really special for me. The All Pro events are kind of new. My first All Pro event was a virtual show during Ours too. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was, that's how we springboard. Hey, everybody, we're the new guy on a, on a Zoom call. That was, that was tough. That was tough. No wonder it was hard to connect. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting because I, I didn't necessarily understand what I was missing for that event since it was my first experience. Jim's been going to these all pro events for years and he has a lot of deep seated relationships with the suppliers, with the other members. And what's interesting is a lot of these people are very like-minded. So when have you ever gone to an event about thousands of people think somewhat like you do and care about the same thing? Gives you a lot to talk about. Um, <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. Um, going to Alpro and being able to interact with people that I, I purchased from and work with over the course of a year and seeing their face and seeing the people they care about. And talking about the things that don't necessarily come up on a five-minute phone call, it really allows you to connect in a way that reminds you that people are human and that 
we cared about each other and support each other. So for me, those all pro events, they're a great opportunity to strengthen my relationships. And there's that word again, that the yeah. key to our success, the key to all pro relationships are everything. Yeah, I love those events. I agree. I think for me, the Arizona one, since, you know, we're equals as far as how much time we spent with these folks. Um, the Arizona one is definitely one of my favorites. Bahamas was cool. The Arizona felt intimate and I felt like there was more enriching conversation and more time well spent with people that made a big difference. 100%. When I, when we left, I, I was, we were in the Uber going back to the airport and I just looked at Scott and I was like, that was fucking awesome. Like that was the best three days that I've ever had in business in my whole life. And it didn't feel like business. Um, there's a lot of work involved in it, obviously, but it just seemed like an, a, a, I don't know, like a family we were reconnecting and to do business is, is look, we're, we're there to, to sell things as well. But like the reality is we just want to get to know everybody and, and if they like us, they'll buy from us. Um, but it's been really, really unique. So, um, that's awesome. All pro, you guys are awesome. Thank you guys for accepting us and, and all the all pro members and everyone, you guys have been incredible now back, um, kind of to your story. So you guys have grown a lot, obviously in the 10 years that you've been there and I feel like there's more growth to come. What's the future of of Mallory Paint? Where do you guys kind of envision yourself and uh, and give us a little bit about what that that future growth looks like and what can we be on the lookout for? Absolutely. Well, I should probably start with you know jumping from seven stores to twenty twenty to twenty two stores. You know, in twenty twenty, I think it was twenty stores in twenty twenty. Kind of hard to say that was the last. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, now we have the twenty two stores and. Jim has been really uh, key at implementing structure to go in and kind of make sure that we have a good function as far as moving forward goes. Because we don't want to just grow wildly and not have the support system that it takes to be successful. And also, uh, we've been putting a lot of emphasis on, you know, training our employees and looking out for key people because we're still on the promotion with it format. We still care about bringing these people up, people from all backgrounds, every opportunity. And a lot of us are people who have been here for a very long time. And it's cool because uh, we're seeing a lot of hires who are looking like they're going to be with us, the future. And that's really significant. So the last goal that we had discussed was somewhere in the realm of 36 stores by 2026. Now, I would take that with a grain of salt because you never know what is going to happen in the world. We just realized that. We just learned that, right? We all experienced that. And uh, Jim was one of the only paint stores that I know of in our area that stayed open 100% during COVID. We didn't shut down. We, we didn't lay anyone off. Good for you guys. You know, it, it's interesting. You mentioned the the connection you had with your client that came in and, um, and, and how you got to, to really work on experiences with them when their life changes, right? Like it's amazing. You just painted the office and now you're going to change it to a nursery. So, you know, I have two children and my wife, um, wants to paint our whole house. Right. And so she called up some guy that's a painter that was like a referral, uh, through her. And he came in and she was asking him all these questions about colors and he didn't really have an answer. So he just literally left like 12 billion colors for my wife to choose from. My wife can't choose from 12 million colors. Who can? 
<laughs> like, are you kidding me? It's like when you go to the restaurant and there's right. 17 pages, you don't know what to order. You don't know what to order. Paralyzed. Yeah, that's right. You're just supposed to. So, so it's funny because I, I wish I had Mallory Paint right here because I know my wife could come in and have that conversation with you or have that conversation with somebody at your store and really just kind of express like what her vision is. And I guarantee you guys could narrow that down to five amazing colors and then she could choose from that, right? But sure there's an independent paint store. I, I know there's independent paint stores. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to find out which one it is and we're going to make that happen. But, but that is um, that, that is really unique. Now, um, with you and the organization, how you've kind of taken on the brand, you do an incredible job on social media. And, and I mentioned this before we went on air. One of the things that really drew me to admire what you do with the organization is not only how passionate you are, but how you guys do give back, how you're taking pictures with your customers, with your contractors, you're doing events for them, you're making cool swag for them. You're doing all these things that you don't have to do, right? You don't have to do to be a business, but it really, to, to me, speaks to who you guys are uh, as a family. Um, tell me, like, there's not a lot of people on social media in the independent paid store world, right? Heck, half the time, they don't even have a LinkedIn account. I don't even know if they're on Instagram. It's kind of like an old school vibe, but you've taken it and ran with it and your social media content's incredible. So I can I only imagine that's driving younger and younger purchasers and buyers into those stores because of that vision. What do you do differently from a marketing standpoint that maybe other independent paint stores do not do? And have you seen growth through really the intentional actions of creating that social media content, the marketing around it, all of the things that you're you're um, you're involved with. Thank you. Um, certainly, we've seen growth regarding our marketing because we have the Seattle market. When Benjamin Warren markets to the nation and they market to the West Coast, we automatically experience a great benefit from Benjamin Moore's massive national marketing plan. And so, one of the things that I've had the ability to do, which has been really special, is to take Mallory Paint Store and promote. Mallory Paint Store as a unique brand of its own uh, in conjunction with Benjamin. Because really, Benjamin Moore is the goal. But if we can express the culture here and how engaged our employees are, how creative these people are, um, the way that I market, you know, obviously a lot of creative going out, capturing key employees and showing you what we're up to. Because who thinks about what a paint store is doing during the week if we're not the ones showing you, right? And then a lot of our employees have their own creative ideas, or sometimes they'll take books and share them. And so we're giving a platform to be creative. And that's one of the things that's really special about working with Jim is Jim likes to empower people to perform their strength, whatever that is, and uh, give them a chance to flourish. So instead of like micromanaging that thing, we... We like to see the creativity. You might have seen this magazine that we create. Uh, this is the gym magazine. Probably can't see it on the podcast. Um, but it's called Discover Local. And all of the creative is supported by our vendors or created by us in-house. Uh, and one of the fun things we've started doing is allowing an employee to create the back cover. So all of a sudden, this paint store employee is doing art and is getting printed on 8,000 publications and mailing to our select communities. And it's it's exciting. It's not what you would expect. It's not what you would get behind the counter of a box store, you know, bring your number. This is really, um, it's kind of inspirational, I think. So in our marketing, 
then that's what we want to reflect is who we are, who we are seen as, and where we're going. And our people are what drives where we're going and who we are. Uh, one of the things that's a little unique that I think maybe more people could do in this channel is instead of just focusing on, you know, digital media, Facebook or social media, Instagram, or, you know, trying to do too much, we keep it pretty tight to our channels. But I realized that a lot of our vendors weren't getting to see what we were doing. And so that's why we post heavily on LinkedIn as well. So that way, um, the suppliers can engage with us and see our culture because that is just as important as the customers see our culture and, and our suppliers are all suppliers primarily. So once again, it, it goes back to those relationships. And as a marketing guy, I love that on your Instagram profile, you say best old school customer service and the subliminal reconnection to a printed piece of marketing. That's, I love it. That's delightful. It is it's delightful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Why, I, I, you just mentioned this, and I want to ask you about this because I think this is gold, right? You talk about Jim empowering people to perform their strengths. I often find a lot of leaders specifically want to focus on your weakness. Oh, well, here's your weakness. We can fix that and you'll be great. Here's your, here's your other weakness. We can fix that and you'll be great. Instead of focusing on the actual strengths of that individual. Um, we've done 300 episodes on this podcast. I can tell you right now, the organizations that are successful have so many different types of people in that organization. They all don't think the same. They all don't believe the same. Heck, they, they, it, they can be completely different on a lot of different avenues, but together they create the core of what that value is. You know, we're a small business, but everybody in our company, we're different, right? I mean, me and Scott are the salespeople. We're different in a lot of ways. But we, we challenge each other and we complement each other in those certain arenas. What has that done for not only the core employees, but that's got to be something. And it's probably why you're here for 10 years, you know, like to, for somebody to focus on what you're good at and give you the keys to run with that instead of focusing on what you're not good at. It's kind of like me coaching my under five soccer team with my kid. I'm not trying to make you guys become the greatest soccer player ever. Some of you are good at dribbling. Some of you are good at shooting. Some of you are better at passing. If a kid can't pass, I'm not going to be like, all right, dude, all we're doing is passing. I'm just going to make you the best dribbler ever. You can learn to pass when you're like eight. You know, right now we're going to focus on what you're good at. And I don't think there's a lot of coaches that ne necessarily do that. I've had a lot of parents that come up to me and they're like, I really love that you like empower my kids to like believe in themselves. But ultimately you're focusing on what they're really good at. And together the whole team works really well because all of them are focusing on their strengths instead of me saying, well, you're not good at that. You need to do a better job here. Well, you can't kick with your left foot. Do that. And I know that's a weird analogy, but in my head, this is all making sense. Um, but tell us about that, like the empowerment side of focusing on strengths and maybe some examples of that, because I think that is super powerful and Jim should be so proud of the way that he drives that um, that, that mission. A hundred percent. I agree. I did track the analogy. Thank you. All right, good. <laughs> I, I, for a second, I was like, I don't even know. I was like... Like, yeah. Where are you going, Brian Lasso? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, Brian Lasso over here. That's a good one. What's fantastic? Yeah. Believe, baby. Believe. That's what we do every day. We believe. Boy. Uh. Well, I don't get me wrong. Jim is one of the most honest people I know. So he will tell you what your weaknesses are. But he doesn't tell you in a way that makes you feel weaker. Uh, you know, he wants you to 
to get stronger and to excel. And uh, that's what's good for all of us, right? Honesty and excellence. So when it comes to uh, identifying people's strengths, um, Jim has a core group of people, his general manager, Juan Rios, uh, his regional managers, uh, Joe and Josh and Ralph. And he listens to these people to help identify the strengths of the boys because now that we've had over 120 employees, it can be a little more difficult to figure out, you know, who, who has a strength that is flourishing and where we can see those strengths happening. Um, it's kind of like having a garden, right? <laughs> I see a plant. I'm not sure if it's a weed or if it's a vegetable, but we're going to give it a little time and some water and we'll see what happens. And that's a lot how we treat our team. And uh, everyone has this opportunity to flourish here. And that's so wonderful. So when it comes to identifying strengths, I say our regional managers are a great example of that. Even our general manager. When Juan Rios came on board, he was a store employee. And now here he is, general manager for a company of 22 stores and with, you know, multiple outside sales reps and large accounts to call on. And he has a vision and he has a drive very similar to Jim's vision and drive. And so Jim brings these like-minded people in and we all look at what we're you know what's in front of us figure out okay strong spot strong spot strong spot let's let's water this let's water this and you know the garden flourishes it's it's really cool we have recently gone through a lot of management changes in our stores and uh you know we had a, a few one of our managers decided to go be a nurse and it kind of the domino affected a spurt of growth all of a sudden we we moved someone and someone stepped up and we moved someone, someone stepped up and we moved someone and we said someone stepped up and now we have like, like five new managers and a new regional manager and a lot of employees who are like, hey, when's the next opportunity? They're looking for those opportunities. It's really cool because you get to see these people, you know, who were growing in the garden and who's got that little bloom now and they're starting to blossom. They're starting to fruit. And they're fertilizing their own little gardens. I feel like this analogy should be done. So. I, yeah, yeah, I think no, I, I like where you're going with. It. I like it. Very spring-like. <laughs> yeah, you know, you mentioned. I love that within organizations that give you the ability to grow. Um, you know, a, a unique story. We have an employee here. Her name is Sandra. She actually started out working at our shop. Um, she was screen printing T-shirts. She was, you know, helping out embroidery. She was on the ground floor, literally producing the products that we created. And we saw a huge opportunity with her and it was that that same thing. Let's plant it in water and see what happens. And so she came into our corporate office and now helps out not only with artwork, but our entire ordering process. And we've challenged her a lot. Heck, one of them, our VP had a baby and she did a lot of that. So Sandra had to take a huge plate at the beginning of this year. And I couldn't be more proud of her. And me and Scott were talking yesterday, like, this is incredible. Like two years ago... She was screen printing t-shirts and now she is our core purchaser. She's the core person of all of our art team. She has an amazing attitude. She's thankful for the opportunity, but there's no inroad for her. Like I I only see her going higher and higher and higher just based on her attitude and what she's been able to do. And it's so unique when you give somebody a chance um, that they can be even bigger and better than you ever even imagined. And so we, I'm seeing that right now. And, I, and as you guys have continued to grow, it's incredible where someone might leave but then somebody steps right up, right? Steps up to the plate. And then you're going, dang, 
we didn't even know this was going to happen. And look what's happening now. So it's just fascinating. It's the best chain reaction. And how cool is it to have someone like Sandra who's engaged and wants to be a part of something? I think that's another thing that's really special about small business and the independent channel. And it's that when you have a good culture, people want to work there. They want to be a part of it. It feels like a family. I can't tell you how many people come back to us, you know, maybe they decide to go work somewhere else and then they come back and, and they miss that family feeling. It's precious. And it's one of the things that our customers can feel when they walk in. It's not a box store. Feel the family vibe. I also just wanted to say our, uh, all of those new managers look great in your shirts. Hey, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for the plug. I appreciate that. Well, that was... That was fun. I'm glad we got to, uh, to, you know, work on that project with you. And, um, you know, kind of as we wrap this up, what uh, what's the best way, you know, if people are listening to this, they want to follow the story, they want to get in touch with you. What's the best way to do that? Honestly, through our website, info at MalloryPeak.com is our email address, and you can reach me through that. And uh, we love connecting with people on social, whether you're a customer, a supplier, vendor or not, uh, let's get connected because relationships is what it's all about. And as long as I'm one of the Brian Salt Pro friends, then you're a friend of ours. Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> well, you, I definitely consider you a friend, and it was, a, it was great to, to meet Jim, um, you know, in, uh, uh, in Arizona and, and really the whole team. Like, you guys kind of had that family vibe. Like, it was, it was so funny when we, we, you guys were in our booth and we were chatting and it was just like kind of ideas and this. And then it was just like everybody was on board and, and you guys were visualizing what this would look like. Whereas a lot of people maybe don't have that type of vision. They're just like, well, what's the cost? What's, what are we going to do here? <laughs> um, you guys are more, it's just, it was a fun experience and it was good to see you guys. So um, this has been incredible. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. I, I'm you know so proud of you for what you've been able to do over 10 years. Jim, obviously starting the organization, but your 120 employees, uh, you know, you don't get to 120 employees if uh, if you're not you know good at what you do, but also you have great leaders, you have great people that can help people grow, and and I think you guys have nailed it. Um, 36 stores by 2026. That yeah, it's a lot, brother. That is good lot. for you guys. Let's see. We'll see, Jim. It's on. We'll see. Um, but again, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Like we always say, please like, share, comment, go check them out, follow them on Instagram, go connect with us with Sarah on LinkedIn. Um, especially even if you're not even in the paint world, if you're a marketing person and you want to see, um, you know, how an organization has really created that type of marketing through not only digital, but also physical print that it follower, like I promise you, it will be somebody that you can learn from. You can take that into any industry that you want. Um, I am connected with a ton of people on LinkedIn, but every time Sarah posts something, it's fascinating and it gives me an idea of how can we give back even more? How can we work with our customers more? How can we empower our employees more? And I think every marketer and every business owner is after that. Um, and if you can learn from uh, 22, 22 independent stores in the state of Washington and Idaho, then you can do it anywhere. What Thank you, you Brian. Congrats on 300. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Um, Very nice to meet you. It was great. We will see you in the fall. And if you need anything, you get in touch with me. But uh, thank you again for joining us, uh, Sarah. Until next time, you have been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.